Hello, and welcome to Artbox DNV. I'm your host, Jason. In this episode, I'll preview Art Basel Miami Beach Art Fair, Untitled Art Fair, and Scope Art Fair that are happening at Art Week in Miami Beach, Florida, and some interviews I did last year with artists at Untitled Art Fair and Scope Art Fair. As you may know, Art Week in Miami is a huge event, with art fairs, activations, openings, and random events happening around the town and South Beach. So you know what that means. It brings just about every art gallery, curator, artist, and art enthusiast to town. The locals hate the traffic, and it could take what feels like days to get to Windwood Walls from the art fairs that are on the beach. But every moment spent there is worth that traffic because of the art you see, the people you meet, and the time on the beach. So, here are some highlights from the press releases for this year's Art Basel Miami Beach. This year's literation is a focus on Latin America and Caribbean disparic scenes. Nearly two-thirds of this year's galleries hail from North and South America. Extended beyond the fair walls, Art Basel will collaborate with hosts of world-class institutions, private collections, and cultural partners for an expanded program of expeditions, events, and activations across Miami Beach throughout the fair week. The fair will present an improved layout for visitor flow and experience, featuring enhanced rest, food, and beverage areas. Here are some highlights for the Untitled Art Fair. An ongoing mission to support the broader art market, Untitled Art's 2023 program reflects a greater emphasis on the fair's commitment to diversity, inclusivity, and accessibility, which are at the heart of the two new cultural themes shaping this year's presentation gender equality in the arts, and curating in the digital age. These two themes signal Untitled Art's dedication to showcasing cutting-edge contemporary art while simultaneously addressing potential issues faced by the art world and beyond. Curating in the digital age is a celebration of network established over the past 11 years. This focus is a stage for dialogue on how curial practices are evolving in the ever-expanding of new technologies, as well as a visual experimentation with digitalization and new viewing experiences. Programming will feature critical figures who are leading the conversations. Gender equality in the arts, while the art world hurls itself as ahead of the curve, countless sources remind us that equality is yet a critical responsibility within its ecosystem. As a thematic focus, this is an opportunity to draw attention to the presentations promoting inclusivity and diversity. Programming will emphasize expertise and experiences that illuminate new narratives and paths forward. Selected artists, galleries, and nonprofits will highlight topics from gender and diversity, digital initiatives, historic positions, and celebrate new and unrepresented voices. Special projects presented throughout the fair call attention to key issues and new artistic voices. This newly designed sector is an opportunity for exhibitors and artists to expand their tutorial presentations in Miami and connect with a wider audience. Highlights for this year's Scope Art Fair. This year's new contemporary, uh, its flagship program dedicated to experimental multidisciplinary activations, fixes its gaze through the lens of artifacts of experience to host a diverse range of engaging artworks, talks, and performances. Practically, Artifacts of Experience presents a large-scale sculptures installations that are the artificial remnant of a creator's deliberate performative action. As a theme, they delve into the idea of art as a tool and its action as a conduit for capturing and expressing the human experience, emotions, and memories. TNC events aim to provide 
a comprehensive experience for attendees offering opportunities for interaction, education, and understanding of the tutorial selections of Scope Miami Beach. Uniquely Scope invites its participants to play a starring role in the creative vision of what an art show can and should be by shaping their flagship new contemporary program. Their multidisciplinary expedition space located at the front of the show allows opportunities in museum quality performances against the backdrop of a tutorial beat and greet breakfasts, collector tours, and museum prize. That's actually going to be pretty interesting to check out if you ask me. So some of the highlights from the three fairs happening this year, from the three art fairs press releases. Now let's pivot to some interviews from last year's Untitled Art Fair and Scope Art Fair. The first interview was done at Untitled Art Fair. The others were done at Scope Art Fair, with one conducted by Cynthia Gaten. All right, so let's do the formal stuff first. Yeah, let's do that first. So introduce yourself and the organization that you're here with. Uh, my name is Robert Sinclair. My organization I'm with is Four Freedoms, Four Freedoms News for Creative Liberation Emancipation. <laughs> and we're here at Un Untitled. Why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. I am Jason, uh, host and producer of Artbox DNV. And where where are we? Oh, so uh, I'm out based out of Washington D.C. and uh, you're out of what? New York? I'm out of L.A. Oh, you're out of L.A. But but Four Freedoms is out of New York. No. Four Freedoms. So. Four, Freedoms Four Freedoms is everywhere. Is Four Freedoms is out of breaking news. Four Freedoms is out of everywhere, <laughs> in your house, under your house, around your house, around the world, like. Alternate dimensions, like whatever you can imagine. For oh wow, alternate there. dimensions. Yeah, yeah. Don't, we don't want we don't talk about that openly here, but you're getting interviewed in like 30 dimensions right now across like not the metaverse, not the megaverse, but the ultraverse, or the artverse. Art yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about the organization and and the. Oh well, I mean, what is there to tell? We are we take artists and curators and creatives, um, activists, and sort of put them in the seat of journalists, news anchor, storyteller. And we, um, we do the news, Four Freedoms News. It's like the artist envisioning of what news can be, or a radical imagining of art through, of news, through the artist lens as a community and also as individuals. So how did you get involved with the organization? That is a 25-year story. Um, I got I'm, all the time. Oh, you do? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> See? This is why, like, radio and TV, like, yeah. I don't know what to do here. Oh, is that... I'm, I'm going to be here, too. Oh, get in here. Yeah, what yeah get doing? in some of this. Yeah. So please introduce yourself here. We'll, yeah. use, we'll use this mic. My name is Kiara Ben. I am a part of Four Freedoms. I've been a part of Four Freedoms for a while. Um, I guess I self-identify as an artist, choreographer, as well as arts administrator extraordinaire. But, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll start with you. How did you get involved? Yeah, I mean, I actually graduated and my first job out of college was with Four Freedoms. Um, and I've been working in arts administration, working towards art accessibility. And that's kind of the mission that I wanted to move forward. And when I found Four Freedoms, it was an instant connection. Um, and it's in this way of like working on projects and working towards civic engagement, but really working on how do we activate communities how do we make sure that everyone has a voice and how do we keep conversations moving forward? So a few of the projects that I've worked on have really been oriented in that way. Um, and I no longer work full time with Four Freedoms, but you never leave Four Freedoms. Everyone's in a family. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. The, it's so, so it's like a mafia? <laughs> sort of. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. Once you get in, you never get out. Oh, no. <laughs> when, you're art, when you're gone, your art is still part of Four Freedoms. 
Well, there you go, right? <laughs> Dad does have an afterlife. <laughs> So, um, so, well, I was going to ask you okay, about, hold on, well, or both of you. No, 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 ask the question. This is, the part of the fun is this is like a round robin mic situation. That's true. So it ask is, me, yeah. and then it may go right to her. It may not. We don't know. It's we don't cr- know we're yet. Crazy. Yeah. We're crazy up in here. So when you use the term activation, could you go into detail about how, what does it mean to be something activated? So an activation is? <laughs> um, activations take place in many different forms. One of the ones that we've done before as a town hall, um, so kind of taking this format of a town hall, flipping it on its head and having conversations that are art-centered. art-centered um, and another, co- another phrase that we like to coin is civic joy. So not civic engagement, but civic joy. Everything that we're doing is actively That's an interesting term. Yeah, actively participating in the public. So the town hall is one of the ones that we've done. Um, other activations include billboards. So we've done a billboard campaign almost every year, um, asking artists around the world, around the country, around everywhere to really create an, a piece of artwork that speaks to a specific prompt or speaks to a specific moment in time. Um, and so that was, the, and we've also are centered in four freedoms. Not only are we for freedom, but yep, right. freedoms um, based off of FDR's four freedoms, but really we get to reinvent our own. Um, so there's listening, awake, awakening, healing, and justice. Um, and so those are our revamps for freedoms. So th- there's different ways to activate. It can be an exhibit. It can be a performance piece. It can be this desk right here right now. Um, but really the ways in which how are artists speaking throughout their art and how can we bring people to engage in those conversations. Yeah. Okay, so my name, my real name is Joan Jimenez, J-O-A-N, and my tag from graffiti is Entes. Entes. Uh-huh, means Entes. Um, I'm started in 98. Yes, I got 40 now. So You've been doing this for a while. Yes, I got some years. I've got some tricks, too. <laughs> you got some injuries. You got scars. You got it all. <laughs> yeah, everything, everything. It's too much time, you know. Um, my work, talking about uh, my view for uh, black persons in La- in Latin America. Yeah. So I'm talking for that kind of persons, and I get some political things for sure. That's almost all the history, but it's, it's more. Everything so, is more. So you say you're basically the kind of subject matter that you cover is more uh, political. Yes, my work is Latinos. more. Yes, because okay. I think so. We don't got the um, the same the same view point of view like here now with the um, you can saw it in in wherever Arthur is full of black persons painted. Right. And what why this thing happens? Because Black Lives Matter grow up pretty hardcore last year, a few years ago, right? Right. So that's the reason, one of the reasons. For sure, the system got to fail with the uh, African people. So so that's the point. But in South America, is we are too mixed. So yeah. I'm a part Afro. So that's the reason because the system is pretty different there. So I'm, I'm proud of that. Because my family is black, and the music 
of every Saturday in my grandma's house is is black Peruvian music. So that's part of my life, you know, it's my statement. It's like my statement for a life. So this this points got, got me a reason to do my work. So I'm starting painting these characters because, you know, graffiti comes to Peru and the letters or everything like graffiti classic thing from New York. Yeah. But in Latin America, also in Peru, we got a huge statement because Peruvian got, Peruvian people got a bunch of things to be proud like history, food, so it's too too heavy now to can uh, talk about that. So that's the first point right. for change my view about graffiti. So in that point, I am starting doing another kind of works and the, the graffiti writers on Peru, some a group, something like five or six persons change all the view in Peru, actually. The five to six people changed the whole like perspective. Yes, because wow, we are amazing. a little, a little, a little. It's a little community when we started. Yeah. Also, we we are part of the second generation of graffiti writers. The first generation is done because th these people got money, yeah. and we don't got money. There's a reason called we stay that. Right. You know, right. it's a for us. It's like the opportunity to do done uh, crimes. So that's. The graffiti changed my life for real. So when you started weird, weird ways to take money, in that moment, uh, graffiti comes and you can steal a can, but it's different. Go to where place and take a cell phone or wherever, you know? So in that moment, don't exist the cell phone, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Something like uh, materialistic like a cell yes. phone. Right. Yes, yeah. right. So for me, that, that kind of thing changed my life. So at that point, uh, these five persons or six persons uh, starting doing at that moment at the same time it's those genius there in in Brazil my people my my lovely people from Chile like Seki, Sile, uh, Fisek, all the guys there change a little bit the the view yeah but in Peru we got something like more powerful because the history comes with us like Mexico right the graffiti in Mexico is completely different, right? It's way different than the yeah, yes. it is. Yeah, so that's the reason because now the new generations be, view the graffiti a little bit different in Peru. Also, it's more muralism. It's, it's completely close to that. Yeah. And also, my work pushing that because my fathers are professors in the school. So that give me also all my family almost are a professor yeah. so or teachers so that give me like this political flavor around me so i'm studying a public school all my life i don't get the money to paint graffiti and so my father every time tell me if you want to be somebody in the world you try to be the best so that's the reason because i try to do my best with whatever stealing <laughs> painting or whatever thing you know so when i get out my my crime time i'm starting to do my thing uh like i said thanks again man i appreciate it um all right so what was it tuesday or wednesday i came by here and i happened to see you showing some people your 
3D chroma depth stuff. And I did a double take. And then ever since then, I've been asking you to talk about it. So uh, let's first things first, though. Let's uh, could you introduce yourself and how did you get your start into doing this? My real name is Sandro Luis Figueroa Garcia from San Juan, Puerto Rico. In the 80s, I started to see the movement. My family grew up in the, in the South Bronx, New York City. So I started to see the scenery of graffiti. I see the train. I see the walls. I said, hmm, I like it. One day I want to do that. Yeah. But I don't understand what, what kind of composition is that. So I started, you know, hang out with my friends. And I remember telling my mom, when we finish school here, I want to move to New York. He said, what you want to do in New York? I want to paint graffiti. Yeah. So I started drawing in the school in Puerto Rico. And I talked to my friend. I tell him, listen, I want to do graffiti. He told me, you need to change the name. I said, why do you want to change my name? Yeah. He said, because you want to do a nickname. So I sit down with my friend. That's what happened. My name, S-E-N-S-E-N-2, is coming out in the, in, in the page. So, and like that, I started, you know, drawing and, and doing a, something, the same copy, like the people from New York. But, you know, look, the same, I see, like, then the, the lettering, you know, look like that one. Yeah. You know, I started doing this game. That's the composition I'm doing now in the galleries. Wow. So you started that whole journey with that whole composition, and you've been building on that for, for what, a couple of days now, right? <laughs> I know, it's a bad joke, but. <laughs> no, too many years. Yeah, I, I was going to say. I, I think the, my first time is the 1986. Wow. And yeah. this game, and the contemporary art, I got like 12 years already. Yeah. You know, I never stopped doing graffiti. The only I wanted, like, doing something different. I paint graffiti all over the place. Germany, Switzerland, and Italy are traveling a lot. Hold on. New Zealand? New Zealand, yeah. Damn, dude. New Zealand, London, Switzerland, Japan, Taiwan. But people give me a like and like and like and like and like and I don't make money as a, <laughs> a family that wanted doing something different. Yeah, and yeah. then my friend says, Sandra, why you not doing art? I said, nah, man, I never got time going to school. He said, nah, but you got talent. Well, in a way, you went to school, man. If you did all these murals and all the tags, that's, I you, do, that's you your know, school. I got the school for the street because I, I did not the best school Exactly, ever. yeah. And that's what I started doing, the composition. When we started, like, fade out a little bit of graffiti and started doing art, I, I don't know what kind of composition I wanted to do in it. I see Andy Warhol. I see Roy, and I see like, yo, one day I want to do something like that. And I mix the graffiti with the pop art. Yeah. That's the evolution you see now on the, on the canvas right now. The only I put more layers. Uh, you see my pieces, it's got a lot of lily layers. It's like you see a wall in New York City. Yeah, I was going to say, your, your work does have a lot of layers to it, though. The only I put like funky color for come from the Caribbean. Yeah. And, you know, Puerto Rico, the sky every day is blue. So New York City is great. It's completely different. Oh, yeah. And I like, Especially, yeah. And I like, you know, energy. I like, you know, I enjoy life. One day, um, I'm painting in my studio. And my, one of my, my friends told me, yo, I wanted you painting the mirror in Queens with me. And I painted big mirror in Queens. And I'm doing with fluorescent colors. So the little daughter, she comes to the movie theater. And he got the 3D glasses. And he said, whoa, <laughs> Papa, look at that. And the father looked at and said, Sandra, look at this. When we see that composition, when we see everything's coming on, I said, what? Oh, yeah. So I trying to go. I said, give me the glasses. I want to bring it to you tomorrow. I go to my studio. And when we see my canvas, is complete. Like, oh, my God. And I go to YouTube and started reading what that kind of effects is. And when you put blues and red, and you put behind the, the layers, that kind of the effects he's doing. Yep. So people going crazy right now with NFT. I'm never going crazy with that. 
and I'm telling people that's my real NFT. That people see that. Damn. Thank you, sir. I'm gonna things. drop. I can't. I'm gonna drop the mic because it, it was too expensive. But no, yeah. but for real. <laughs> yeah. You know why? Because somebody one day make an NFT so a million dollars. People think you want to make. I respect my collectors. Yeah. In this game in art, and you got serious collectors can buy pieces for like twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. And you doing something wrong. The balance come down. Oh yeah. So I say that's my real NFT. While you see my pieces, while you pull the glasses, and see these layers, everything's coming up. And the night, you pull the purple light. Listen, who are they going? So not only are they dimensional with the chroma depth 3D glasses, you also have the uh, UV light that you could shine on it. Now here's the kicker: Can you put the glasses on with the UV light on, and it still pops? Listen, while you pull, oh, that's while you pull tight, your UV. Thank you so much for agreeing to this interview. I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about your work, talk about yourself, introduce yourself and where you're from. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm Gambanzi. I'm from Korea and I live in Seoul. Yeah. Okay. And you're and this is the first time at Scope? Yes, it's the first time in Miami also. <laughs> wow. So where have you been anywhere else in the United States? No, no. It's the first time. Oh goodness, what an introduction to the United States is Miami. <laughs> so you've been having a good time so far? Yes, I yeah. love the weather and beach and people. Oh, that's well that's good to hear. I'm sure they'll be happy to hear that. <laughs> so I, I was very impressed with your work and I really liked that it was very very cute and I liked the family influence. So I wanted you to tell a little bit about your technique and as as well about the subject matter. Oh, uh, first of all, my major is print media, so my work is really based on print media technique. And today uh, in Miami, I am exhibiting six pieces of my work. The five pieces about my family and my childhood memory, and I want people to um, feel universal feelings and childhood memory and nostalgia also, yeah. And why did you think that's important? Because um, we need to um, feel really many emotions and it's make me make us to love each other and cooperate with, uh, with each other. Yeah, that's really important thing I think. I like that you have your family members in your work, so that's very nice oh, to see, oh. and that they're relaxing mm -hmm. in some respects. I like that they're in the trees mm -hmm. and enjoying nature. So talk a little bit about that, the, the uh, environment. Uh, when I was young, I lived in country, not a city. So I think I love nature and tree and I live with my grandmother and grandfather. So I think I, I love to spend time with adults. I love old people and they teach me how to live, what is important to important emotion and what's the important thing to live. Okay. There's really important me uh, message in the old people. There was one uh, image that you told me about, and since people can't see it because it's going to mm -hmm. be radio, mm -hmm. 
uh, could you describe the the one image where you have the pineapple? Oh, <laughs> uh, the title of the uh, that image is uh, pineapple house. When I was young, uh, I watched uh, Scarepants SpongeBob because my parents were really really busy, so I spend time alone. Uh, SpongeBob animation made 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 me feel not alone and it was really memorial character in my childhood yeah and i i also like the colors that you use mm -hmm. so could you say something about the colors that oh. you like to use in your work in my work black is really important color and uh, the black part is i use korean black ink and with old brushes and hardened brush and i also use dried flowers and um, toothbrush and other household and the color part is acrylic and I spend many time and uh, time to make the canvas look like a print paper so that's the thing I did like to draw out from my work. So here you have a couple of different styles mm -hmm. so one of them I think you were talking about one style media right yeah. right the, the other one is called cola painting uh, it's it's based on uh, more based on print media technique and in print media there's a technique called cola graphy it's like a collage and I use paperboard and curve the knife and I use thick uh, mixture to make um, make the make uh is it the the texture, texture yeah oh. texture and i also use uh print media ink and also oil painting so it's the difference and i think from color painting you people can uh feel more emotional feelings because uh, I spend time to color and layer and layer, layer, yeah. Make sure to check out the artist's Instagram to learn more about them, as well as the Art Fair's Instagram too. For more information about Art Fairs, go to their websites, Art Basel, Art Miami Beach, go to artbasel.com. Untitled Art Fair, go to untitledartfairs.com. And Scope's Art Fair, go to scope-art.com. To hear past episodes of Artbox DMV, go to the website at artboxdmv.com. Hope to see you there in Miami. And thanks for listening. Thank you.